what did you study like? Business information technologies. So it's just business IT. What drew, what drew uh, you to that in the first place? I don't place? really know. I think, I, mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> a burning desire yeah. obviously isn't the fucking reason, no. right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Whatever. Like, you got to do something. I might as well I, just do honestly, that. Honestly, I, I think that was it. Like, genuinely. My name is Alan Clark. I am a psychotherapist with a degree in counseling and psychotherapy and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy. Not that you know it from what you're going to hear on the following podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is Cameron. This is Cameron, my firstborn male heir, my eldest son. Cameron, what do we do on this on this show? On this show, we straight talk. What do we straight talk about? Mental health. Mental health. There you go, folks. Straight talk on mental health. It's there in the title. It's there in the artwork, as you see it, and all your podcast providers. And that's exactly what we want to do. The reason we do that is we want to break some of the stigma around mental health. We want to make these things more accessible. We want to be as informative as possible. And we want to be as entertaining as possible. Sometimes we don't always get that, but the the, the intent is always there. We always, we always try anyway. And as I say, God, God loves a tryer, but uh, he, must, he must adore us if that is the case. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so. If you haven't checked us out on the social media, you can do that too. So you can get us on Twitter at STRA Talking Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We don't care if you want to slide into the DMs. We're cool with that. If you want to check out the website at STMHpodcast.com. And you can email us if you've got a story to tell, as you will hear with Lloyd, who has emailed the show. We read out his email last week. Lloyd emailed us, and as many of our listeners have, because they have a story to tell around mental health. If you want to tell your story, if you want to hit us up with your feedback, you can do that by emailing hello at stmhpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. We welcome all of your feedback, and like I said, like Lloyd, if you've got a story to tell, we'd love to hear you, And because usually when one person has a story to tell, someone else is going to, is going to relate to that story as well. So do feel free, check us out, all the social medias. It'll be absolutely hugely appreciated if you could give a like or give a share. If you've ever had to run a Facebook page or an Instagram account for a business or anything like that, it's really very, very difficult because any of the social media providers, they really limit the amount of people that see your posts, that see the things that you try to promote. Obviously, they're a business. They're trying to make money off it. So they say, okay, you pay us and we will show this to the people that want to see it. But if you could give a like and you can give a share, that's a huge um, a huge help for us. And that really helps out. If you're listening on iTunes, you can give the show a rating, five stars. If you believe it's worth it, we would really appreciate that. And the episodes are on the podcast in general. So when we straight talk mental health, we like to do that by modeling that conversation ourselves. And we do that just by having a little check-in. So Cameron, as I said, is my eldest son. This is your second, this is your second full full hosting. Third. Third. We had Mags, Mags as we well. We had Mags, that's right, yeah. So this is your third. How are you after last week? We spoke to Heather. That was, that was a good chat, wasn't it? I thought it was very enjoyable. It was yeah, um, very informative. Ironically, very eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Peter texts me and um, uh, he, he had edited last week's show and he says, I don't think, I think she missed her joke when you said she uses an iPhone and you went, <laughs> Oh, she <ironic>. did. <laughs> I, I felt so awkward. I know, yeah. <laughs> this dead silent after, and I didn't want to laugh because uh, she wasn't laughing. I know. The problem, the problem we had with, with, with Heather last week was um, we couldn't see her on video. So there was a little bit of a delay normally. Obviously, she couldn't see us in general anyway, but we couldn't see her. She couldn't see us. 
So that creates a bit of a lag and there's a bit of uh, things like that kind of go can go unnoticed. So yeah, And I pe- think with her um, being in Canada, there was a, a slight audio delay as well. I think it was yeah. about a second. Yeah. So you were kind of, you were waiting for the laugh to come in and it just didn't. Exactly, yeah. And uh, so there was a few times actually, even as I was listening to it back, as I, I was kind of um, talking over a little bit and she would talk over me a little bit. The reason for that was uh you wouldn't you wouldn't notice it listeners you wouldn't notice it as you listen back but as we listened to her we could barely hear her microphone so we we boosted that audio so it was very hard to listen to her so if anyone was talking we'd we'd kind of get lost in that but it was actually eye-opening peter texts me as well he goes i keep having to cut out because you you keep asking her but what did that look like I was like, no, I said, if, if you listen to the rest of the episode, we actually talk about how she uses the language of, well, you would see this or you would see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you didn't get that far. I'm out cutting you out. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, what, what stood out to you from from the chat with, with Heather? Uh, the, the bullying she mentioned, yeah, I me think, too. was was kind of the, the best part of it, because obviously, you know, most people experience bullying at some stage, but like yeah. to bully a blind person. Yeah. And, to ha- and then. To then get beat up by that blind person as well. Yeah. <laughs> Should have thought fucking daredevil hit him in the nuts yeah. with a cane. I was like, that's badass. Yeah. Yeah, that has to be really embarrassing for you. How do you get beat by somebody that can't see you? Yeah, well, how do you fucking, how do you pick on someone that's that can't see in the first place? Like, yeah. you know, and then I was like, well, you know, is, is it kind of, he's not discriminating. You know, <laughs> he's, getting her involved. He's, bullying, he's bullying everyone equally. Yeah. Um, so is that, is, you know, is Maybe maybe it's just trying to be politically correct, but uh, yeah. But she she went through it a good bit in school, and that was actually that was actually a bit shocking. Like you know, and, uh, yeah. Um, I I had mentioned it in the show that it was it felt like listening to a story of an American bully, like in an actual high school in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, where it was bullying to an extent that it's movie like but not realistic. Yeah, it's like yeah, like no one's going to do that bad. Like yeah, but it's like oh, <laughs> they did. It yeah. actually does happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she, she, you know, she cleared up a lot of things around blindness and she cleared up a lot of things around Canadians. <laughs> yeah. They don't all say a boot. They don't say a, eh? what's that about a, eh? uh, she never said that once. Uh, they're all supposed to be very nice. And she told us that apparently they're not. So she, she threw all the stereotypes. Yeah. The all the stereotypes right out the window. Yeah. So we, as well, we probably do as well because neither of us are huge drinkers. So. We throw out the stereotype that all Irish people are alcoholics. Yeah. The rest of them are, just not us. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fit the mold. Because <laughs> you work in a pub and you see it all the time. Light an mm. alcoholic father, so <laughs> that's why we're grand. We don't share your Uncle Nicky's taste for Guinness. No. He's obsessed, isn't he? Ah, yeah. He works in a pub. He's been yeah. there a lot longer than I have. Are, I think are you just required? Kind of sits on you. Will you know, as you, as you work there a little bit longer, are you required to just develop a taste for Guinness, are you? Well, I drink Guinness head. anyway. Do you drink Guinness? Yeah, that that's yeah. what I normally drink. Is that where you got it from? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he turned you. He turned you to the dark side, <laughs> the black side, literally. Uh, what did I say? Once you go black, you never go back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so the bullying. Anything else that stood out to you from from Heather last week? I, I actually really just enjoyed the entire interview. Yeah, yeah. I thought as far as even the entire show, even before I was here, it was one of one of the best ones I feel like we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I have to say, I really liked um, getting to clear up those misconceptions around around blindness and stuff. 
Mm. Um, I thought, yeah, this this is what the show is about. You know, just being informative. I always try to say we're kind of informative and informal. Um, and I think you know, I like when we can we can clear up that. And what did I ask her about? Uh, I cleared up around blind people dreaming. And she was like, "Yes, that's a very good I, question." I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, you know, so it's and I, I like being able to do the research around that kind of stuff. A lot of the stuff um, I'd be familiar with through my own through my own studies and stuff like that. But it's nice to be able to 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 give a voice that that the public can go, "Oh, jeez, I never knew that." Um, and the thing that kind of shocked me as well was, you know, the people that would just grab her. Yeah, as if they're like, they're trying the f- to help her or yeah, something. Yeah, it's probably well, well intentioned, but you just have man, you're just walking around and next thing just someone grabs you. Yeah, that you can't see like that's fucking Jesus Christ! Like even if you weren't blind, that'd be a weird thing to experience. Just a lot of people just grabbing your shoulder yeah, at different random, points in the day. Yeah, man, yeah, just walking down the road. Next thing, someone just grabs you. You're like what the fuck? Like you're supposed to be going this way. Yeah, yeah, and that that's with your eyes that you can see. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's. That was good. I, I really enjoyed it. What was mm. the other thing? There was another thing there that I that had stood out to me from what you spoke about. Um, oh, the, yeah, actually was it was I actually felt very sad as I listened back to it. But of that period of her life where she was, I think she described it as clinging onto a life vest or something. She was just clinging onto the next thing to keep her alive, clinging onto the next mm. thing to keep her alive. You know, the book or her album or. Something else, something else, something else, and I just thought, you know what? And look, I, I deal with that. I deal with that stuff every day. But you know, to, to hear it of um, that, this is what some people go through. This, this is how they live their life of just looking for something to live for. I thought it was a yeah dark kind of experience. Listening through, through yeah. because it is like it's a tough thing to hear. Yeah. Because like most most people, you know, they're kind of living for the better moments of their lives, but she's just living for something to live for. Yeah, yeah. And then when that goes, she has to go and try and find something else. Yeah. And thankfully, she's she's found something, and you know, hope, and she seems to have. I liked her advice at the end as well. You know, I thought it was very good of someone that's that's been there and not just. I think I'd said it in it of uh, you know not just a fucking in, uh, Instagram post hang on in there it gets better you know she's she's lived it she's she's been there and she's she's come through it and and she she rightfully as well spoke about no one talks about when you're in the middle of it no one everyone's like oh and you're out of that now and you're and you're doing good now and that's great like yeah but let me tell you about when i wasn't great yeah when i look like when i was looking into her i was reading some of her blog posts and a lot of the stuff she mentions is about the kind of Instagram self-help influencers who just post those influential mm. quotes, oh, it gets better. Yeah, yeah. You just have to fight through it and all that and how she's very against that and more, she's more for being open about it and honest about the dark times mm. rather than just telling people, okay, yeah, you're going to get through this eventually. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we try to do. That's what we try to mm. do on the podcast and that's the great thing about any of the guests that we have on is that, you know, any of the ones that have considered suicide, any of the ones that have attempted suicide, they're on the show, <laughs> you know, they made it through and, you know, her, her saying that you will have those moments in life that shit, I would have, you know, I would have missed out on this. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's, that's what life is about. It's, it's finding the little moments that, you know, oh, yeah, this, 
just makes it worthwhile whether that's just having a crack with your friends on an evening or something or you know for anyone with kids where the kid does something cute you're like jesus you know just those little things that to get us through the <laughs> this this bitch of a journey that life can be for for many people but thankfully heather out the other side of it now and she was kind enough to come on and tell her story absolutely yeah what's been going on with you, man what's been on your mind since i saw you just work and kind of after after monday we were supposed obviously to open for indoor dining and i'm mm-hmm. kind of just starting to feel for the staff that were promised hours now that obviously can't get them not just where i work but in every other pub yeah i'd imagine managers and owners have went to hire new staff in the hopes that we're going to get more customers in mm. and now they have to turn around to those staff and say well okay you're going to have to wait a little bit longer yeah i suppose with the pub with the with the change that they brought in that at least you can serve outdoors normally mm. but you know you have to feel for the restaurants out there they can't open us all mm. We we kind of felt the effects of the outdoor dining during the week. Um, Tuesday we had oh, very bad rain. torrential rain oh, and horrendous rain. We only have fifteen or so tables, and we had to write off two or three of them just because the rain was hitting them. And obviously it's a Tuesday, so it's not overly busy. But if mm. that had to be say a Saturday, we would have been screwed. We would have had to call up customers and say, "Look, we we can't give you a table anymore." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been kind of the weather had been all right, but the last week has just been horrendous. Yeah, and it's like oh, at least we have outdoor dining. Yeah, that means fuck all when it's lashing rain. Yeah, when it's Ireland in July. Yeah, feeling for for everyone. So what have we got? Is it the nineteenth? Supposedly. Well, that's that's their plan is only for vaccinated customers for the nineteenth. It's not for everybody. Uh, are they bringing it yeah. in? Are they? Oh, well, for... that that's the only way they'd let it open. But I don't know. They haven't made a decision on it yet. But yeah, the nineteenth is at the minute for vaccinated customers. Yeah, and international travel back on the 19th as well, apparently. Mm. Apparently, for everyone that's been vaccinated, uh, we get word next week. I don't know, you're going to get an email or a link or something to, or something to, that you can show that you're vaccinated or something. I don't know what it's going I to be. I applied for my vaccine on Monday, so I'm hoping to get one by next week now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, so anyone's sub 30 now, is it, or sub 34, or? Yeah, eighteen to thirty-four year olds can go to pharmacies now and get yeah. the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, the the single shot. Yeah, I've had me, I've had me double of the of the AstraZeneca, so that's that's yeah. not too bad. Yeah. Well, the first thing I'm planning on doing is going over and seeing your sister. So, um, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen her too. Yeah, was well, a year? This is a year since she was home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's that'll be my first first mm. port of call, uh, miss her and. Apart from the odd witty text offer or something like that, um, it's uh, it's hard, and that's hard for a lot of families like that. You know, that's that's a year now since since she's been home, um, and many other people that maybe didn't get to come over and have maybe haven't seen their family in a year and a half. Yeah, that, there's a lot of people I'd say have experienced kind of what we're feeling at the minute, especially people with older relations, because a lot of them wouldn't have been able to leave the house. Yeah. Which is out of, obviously, risk. Yeah. So they could live maybe 10 minutes away, but they can't go and see people because they're at such a high risk that they can't visit anybody. Yeah. Hopefully we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel and then this Delta variant and all of this kind of thing and whatever variant comes after that. I think the Delta variant is the only reason they're 
they're pushing 18 to 34 year olds ahead. Is I'm it? so worried about it now. Well, I, I don't think they would have been doing this otherwise. The kind of the 18 to 34 year old pharmacy vaccine just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, that was strange because I was like, ah, you're kind of you're not going to need to be. Um, and then I was like, oh, hang on a sec. Yeah, I think they're worried about the because the Delta variant is so easy transmission to everybody. Yeah, they're um, they just want to get everybody vaccinated now to try and fight it off before it turns into something more. Yeah, well, the UK they're looking at going maskless. Uh, yeah, Louise, aren't they? Ashling's up, up the north. She says she's seen. A I lot think of the nineteenth. Yeah, I think I think it's supposed yeah. to be the nineteenth. Yeah, I don't know. Even when I'm up the north, now I'll still be I'll still be wearing my mask. Yeah, look, I think I think most people are going to be wearing masks now for a long time. Yeah, even after everyone's vaccinated, kind of just out of mm. there's no habit or yeah, an extra the, feeling of security. I think the I think the interesting thing um, I don't know if if you've ever seen it. I know you're not a fan of Dublin, but you'd always see the Japanese tourists and stuff. Pre COVID, would be a lot of them would be wearing masks and stuff like that. Mm. I think the interesting thing from that is they wear that to protect other people. Yeah. So if they have a cough or they have a cold or something. They wear to protect everyone else. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, you saw always saying, fucking weird. I was like, what do you think you're going to catch? Like, But uh, actually, it's very kind of altruistic. There yeah. are reasons for doing it. And now, it's probably, especially around flu season now, after COVID kind of is well and gone, I'd mm-hmm. imagine a lot of people are going to wear masks. And I would like to think the hand sanitizers in shops and restaurants on stays. Yeah. Just kind of as a good habit. It's, you know, it, it has stopped the spread of everything else like i haven't had a yeah, cold yeah. in 15 16 months <laughs> oh my god have you seen that thing of people going oh isn't it so weird how like since covid's come along no one has a cold and no one has a flu that's like yeah. Every, yeah. everyone's sanitized everyone's wearing a fucking mask keeping their yeah. distance and sanitizing that's why <laughs> <laughs> they can't spread anything no that's, that's kind that, of the point of and that's that's a good thing yeah 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 i have to say i remember when they first brought in the the hand sanitizers and remember the the traffic light system going into the shops tesco and mm. and aldi and all of that kind of thing i was like what a fucking waste like this is you know for the sake of a few weeks you know maybe two two months <laughs> how wrong i was <laughs> <laughs> i had 10 times onto that yeah a little bit more accurate Jeez, i don't think anyone anyone could have predicted anyone no. could have predicted it going on this long no sure we were all we're all like, excited to have a couple of weeks off i know i was Oh, everyone was like, oh, this is yeah. fucking savage. Sun splitting the trees, few weeks yeah. off work, few quid there because I'm not in work. Happy days. Yeah. <laughs> the novelty wore off that pretty quickly. After about a month, yeah, everyone was sick of it. Yeah, I want to go o- back to work. You can only bake so much fucking banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> you can only paint so many rooms in the house before yeah, it gets exactly, old. Exactly, yeah. And I was fucked because I'd done the house up the year before. So I was like, fuck, I'm done too. <laughs> I was still working, but it was I was obviously definitely a lot quieter. So that's yeah. when I, that's when I took to the garden um, as, <laughs> as as just something to keep me busy and keep me into the real old man that you are now. Yeah, but it was racing like, the garden. <laughs> but it was the sun splitting the trees, and it's like yeah, oh, I need an excuse to get outside. But like I can't just sit there. The same as I hate having a bath. I can't just sit there in the bath. I was like I'm fucking bored. It's like pfft. the same with the garden. I was like I need something. Some some excuse to sit out or to be out in the sun. Um, so that's what's going on with you, work. Anything else? You're all done with college for the summer, obviously. Anything else that's going on? Yeah. With you? No, not really. It's kind of just getting to see your friends, or are you working? Are you working a lot? Or? I've been working a lot. That's kind of the only thing I have been doing, which mm. I'm not going to complain about. Yeah, yeah. 
just it's um all my days off now I'm kind of just fucked I'm not I'm not used to working again so <coughs> my days off are just spent kind of relaxing yeah, yeah. lashing the PlayStation over not really been no? too tired even to do that oh no that's bad that's when it's bad when you mm. uh, I get those days where it's like nah I'm just throwing something on Netflix I haven't even got the, yeah, the that's energy exactly or, what it the is. energy or interest because playing the PlayStation requires me to do something yeah yeah, and that's that's it's more the, than what I have. Sitting up that gets me. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye on that. Maybe a little bit mm. of a little bit of exhaustion. I know. I think it's just getting back into the routine of things. Yeah, yeah. But you got a broken controller. Did you get it fixed? Did you get it sorted? Oh, that's fucking yokes. No, I need to call Harvey Norman about it. Yeah. Fuck. When did you get that? When when's the warranty open? I think I got in what January, February. Oh Jesus. Apparently, so, this is a, a problem with the This is a common thing. I remember leave. around December, they had said that you get about four months of lifetime out of it before the what? analog sticks start to drift. Jesus. And I've I've, start, I've been feeling it for a while now, the drift hasn't been too bad, but the last yeah. week or so, it's gotten unbearable. Yeah. So, luckily, I have the second one. Yeah. I haven't, yeah, haven't had to buy a new one just yet. Yeah, I was probably glad that I haven't. I wasn't able to manage getting the getting yeah. the PlayStation. I get the yeah. I get the next batch of them. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe when they make thirtier controllers, <laughs> yeah. eighty quid after four months. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah get onto them. Get onto Sony. Sony, if yeah. you're listening, we know you are. As everyone is, as is the government, <laughs> as, as everyone listens to the podcast. <laughs> if only we had a bit more influence, and they'd be like, oh. We just sent you in. Oh, here's a replacement PlayStation Five, and we hope you enjoy your one, Alan. <laughs> They're going to sponsor us now. Yeah, yeah just so we don't keep talking shit about them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So smiles and Riles. I think I think I'm good for Riles this week. I don't think I, I have any except for may, maybe the weather just with outdoor dining. I kind of like it to be a little bit nicer, given that it is July. Yeah. But um, other than that, I think everything's good. I've got you smiling. Also, the weather. Kind of, kind of a bit, bit of both. Like other than the last week, the weather has actually been quite nice. Yeah. And uh, your answer is schizophrenic as the as the weather, as bipolar <laughs> as the weather. <laughs> yeah. No, like aside from last week, I think we we've been okay with the weather. It hasn't been too wet. It's been alright, but it usually, it does yeah. make a huge difference. Like it makes a huge difference to. Oh, waking up and seeing the sun is. Oh yeah, you're the same as me. Yeah. It's the only thing you need to be happy. Just seeing yeah. a bit of sunlight outside. Because waking up like today, it's quite miserable outside. Actually, mm. waking up and seeing the grey clouds, it's it's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be an over overcast day. Yeah, um, yeah. That's your smiles. That's your royals. Yeah, yeah. Fairly fairly easy ones this week. Yeah, yeah. So you're not even trying. <laughs> no. And, and <laughs> what about you? This, I don't know. I look out the window. Yeah, yeah, the weather, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the weather's good and bad. I'm good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on with me? Your inheritance is safe. You won't be sharing your inheritance with with any other siblings. Got a vasectomy during the week. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no more babies. No more babies. All done. Uh, you know, forty four now. I'll be like, 
I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the energy to give to to give to a, to give to another child. No. I just just got James just at just at a nice age. Still got a still got a bit left in the tank, but <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have anything starting starting afresh. <laughs> Tell, telling a two year old baby no for the fifteenth time every day is yeah. probably gonna be a little bit more difficult now yeah. as you reach the fifties. Yeah. Fuck off. I'm still, I'm still on the underside of the forties. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, but by the time a baby reaches two, you'll be in forty six, forty seven. Yeah, if I got it now, nine months, uh, three years, forty seven. Fuck yeah. hell. You'll be close Jeez. to fifty then. Yeah, then I'll be close to fifty. <laughs> then you can say it to me, so well, you know, you're close to fifty now, you haven't got it you haven't got it in you anymore. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that that was um that was uh Little bit anxiety producing beforehand. Ashling, how was it? Uh, it was okay. It was a little pinch during, um, but it wasn't too sore. It took two days afterwards, and I was a little bit, little bit sore, kind of around the pelvis. But that was normal, and and that passed. Um, so it was okay. But yeah, Ashling was just like uh, winding me up beforehand. I was like, I thought you're here to fucking support me, not like so you nervous. I was like, no. And I was like, well, I'm sure that you won't really feel the needle. I'm like. Like, shut the fuck up like so like, let me know if you smell burning i'm like jesus christ like i said i wasn't fucking nervous till you started to talk and i was grand so the anxiety was uh, uh curated by ashton it wasn't yeah but wasn't actually there. you know as we talk about defense mechanisms today as Lloyd talks about emotional repression we will be talking about defense mechanisms and there was probably a little bit of projection so uh, before i was going in she was she was a little bit anxious <laughs> yeah, and I could see it now her, so I think she was no. just projecting the anxiety onto me. Here's the fucking therapist now. Yeah, that's what we're here to do. That's <laughs> read like, other point? people. <laughs> what's the point in having a fucking therapist on the podcast if you're not going to talk mm. about it from that point of view? Mm. But so I was reassuring her, and I showed her the I showed her the scar on my back where I had the the surgery for the spinal tumor. I said, mm. if I can survive this, I'll be all right with some some guy uh, <laughs> going at me going at me balls for a little while. Mm. Like so, I went in. It was one of the scorching days. T-shirt and t-shirt and shorts on and i said to him mm. i said john i said i was going to wear something a bit more formal but let's be honest <laughs> you're going to be handling me balls so formality goes out the window when you're facing <laughs> another man like that <laughs> and um how was it mentally afterwards i mean yeah, after afterwards wasn't too bad but i have to say there was a couple of times beforehand where it was kind of like i don't know it's just this male thing of this is it like you know you've no more of this is it so you know, make sure you have some kids because I need my I need my genetic code to carry on. Like <laughs> <laughs> what the, the bad back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to give that to more fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, as you you said it here. Was it on the on the intro when we entered on the fatherhood? It was like that. That's all my emotional baggage. Is that what you said? That's from <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The weight of it breaking your back. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, psychosomatically. Yeah. yeah, so there was that piece of, whoa, you know, just kind of in the back of your head of, that's it now. You know, you're, you don't get to, you don't get to live on anymore. No, um, no thoughts of running from it. No, no, no. I knew, um, I knew I was, I knew I was going to do it. But there was that piece, and it was interesting having having a chat with him in there. Of the impact, you know, some men go in there and they're kind of being forced to go in, like you know and that's a, yeah that's that's a different that's a different experience and he was telling me like you know i had a guy in there goes well you know i don't really have a choice he's like no you do have a choice this is a pretty fucking big decision like you need to of course you know you need to be on board with this like um but that was fine and it wasn't wasn't in much pain afterwards of course i had james then the next day i met him 
And what's he come to do? Whatever, whatever was in his head, he was like, oh, I'm going to try and headbutt him in the balls. He just comes <laughs> running up to me and I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down there, slow down. <laughs> he just comes running at you to kind of hit you or slap you or something like that. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Jesus. So, I know. Getting hit in the balls at the best of times isn't the best. I can't I know, imagine yeah. after a vasectomy now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was grand. Like I said, there was that little piece beforehand of just, whoa. Yeah, this this is it now. Yeah, this is it. But you're there. You 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 carry on the lineage, um, and your brothers are there. So Adina is there. Got to keep the name. She's going, already man. got one. Yeah, you you got to keep the name going though. Yeah, we'll see about that. I suppose we put a little bit of pressure on the on the boyfriend to make sure he's a fiance. <laughs> <laughs> if he do, if he doesn't want her name to continue, yeah. he better fuck it up his game. <laughs> so I'm not going to give my money to a child. Yeah, get the finger out too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's mostly what's been going on. Me smiles and rides. Then you seen a nice new fridge in the house during the week? I did. I don't like how it's rotated though. It's the way very it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's, turned, it's turned the opposite side. You won't be seeing that fridge anymore because after today, and I might actually get a phone call mid-recording from Harvey Normans to say the new fridge will be delivered. Just so, because of the light? No, no, it wasn't the light. So got the new fridge and opened up the freezer, light on. Just That's cool, yeah. Uh, so it's like freezer left-hand side and fridge on the right-hand side. Opened up the fridge, no light. I was like, oh, that's strange. Oh, maybe, maybe it's like a safety thing, so... You know, it's only when it comes up to temperature or something that the light comes on. So I was like, well, leave it for a day. So I was like, no, still no light. And then the freezer, when you leave it open, gives off a little alarm to let you know the door is open, which is worth fuck all because you can barely hear it if you're in the same room with it. So <laughs> the old fridge is like, what's that noise? It'll be upstairs in bed. Oh, fuck, the freezer door's not closed properly. And you run downstairs. Oh, shit, I hope, I hope things haven't defrosted. So I thought, well, okay, it's just a light. I was like, yeah, it's probably just a light, but I'll leave it. I can change that myself. And then I was like, no, the alarm's not going off and the fridge door's left open. So must be the switch. So I got on to Harvey Normans. Oh, you have to go on to customer assistance, right? Get on to customer assistance, ring customer assistance. Okay, we'll we'll book a technician. Technician will call out to you there. Get that sorted for you. So I was like, grand. So Friday morning, uh, broadband was getting upgraded. Fridge was getting fixed. Two of them arrived at the exact same time. <laughs> two of them left at the exact same time nice so I was like that's fucking oh man fucking deadly that's what good, you want a good Friday yeah yeah <laughs> good Friday mm. <laughs> so I says to your man your man was in at the fridge I said how are we getting on there he says yeah I says no I says I'm after changing that I'm after swapping the bulb that's not the bulb I said I'm after putting in a new switch it's not a new it's not the switch he's like I think it's the main circuit board like he said what you want to do is like well I want the fucking fridge replaced mm. <laughs> he said how long have you got it I was like two days I was like yeah, it was delivered there during the week. Oh yeah, all right, get back onto them. So I was like, grand. So I get out to the, I go out to a man doing the broadband. He was just finishing up. I says, how are you getting on there? He says, well, better than him anyway. He says, <laughs> <laughs> so I go back into your man doing the fridge. I says, he says he's getting on better than you. He says he's alright. He says he's only fighting with the wall. <laughs> so your man's like, look. He says, I'll, I'll file that. I'll, I'll put in that report. You know, I can't, can't, I can't fix it here. So I was like, grand. So. Heading uh, South and Ashing, we were going to pick up James. We were heading up to, we were heading up to Oma. Then it was uh, it was her daughter's birthdays are a week apart, so we went up. We went out for dinner and stuff like that. Came back then the weekend, opened up the fridge. I'm like, what's that fucking smell in the fridge? Um, and checked the freezer. So your man plugged the fridge out when he was fixing it. 
Never plugged it back in. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, all the fucking food. And I stacked up the freezer. I was yeah, like, yeah, I noticed it during the I week. know, yeah. So the freezer and the freezer were stacked up. I was like, got the big freezer now. I can have everything in there. You were saying it's rat in there. Yeah, take whatever you want out of the freezer. All the fucking food had to be thrown out. Fucking hell. Two bin bags. Two bin bags of food from the fridge and the freezer. A full week shopping gone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, more than a week shopping, because normally I would never buy that much. I was, like, yeah. I was just like, but you have the freezer there. Just stack that up. You know, you don't have to be worrying. I was like, that's a good mm. idea. So... So I have to get onto them now to see if they're going to compensate me for uh, yeah, <laughs> for fucking hell. wasting yeah. your food. I was fucking rage. So then I had to go and do another a big shop. Mm. Uh, then during the week, so that was I me. Hope you plugged uh, it back in. Sorry, I hope plugged you plugged in, it back yeah. in. So now I'm waiting on the new one to be delivered today, and I've everything in just in carrier bags in the freezer. So I was like, right, they come <laughs> out of the freezer, mm. just take the bags out and then pop them straight into the into the new one so if, if i have to cut off that's why mm. <laughs> my new fridge my new fridge has been <laughs> delivered um so definitely i'll see i'll see if they come back to me to compensate me for the fridge if they don't i'll be bitching about the make and i'll be advising <laughs> everyone not to buy this particular brand of um um fridge so i'm hoping the what? samsung one that they're going to deliver will be um will be a bit better once again, using our influence of the podcast to make I know, companies yeah. feel bad. Yeah, I'm just I'm an influencer now, you know. Yeah, we've well, attacked Sony get... and Harvey Norman today. Yeah, yeah. Well, Harvey Norman, no, no, to be fair, the staff, the staff, thanks to David and, and Harvey Norman and this, he was very good. Gave me, gave me a few quid off the new fridge as well, you know, so can't fault him on that. Mm. Mm. So that's me, that's me, Royals. Uh, what me smiles? I think smiles. Probably your me. new broadband. New it's not broadband, a piece of shit yeah. anymore. Were you, were you on it? I was on it. Yeah. It's not a piece of shit anymore. No, but you, my broadband was ass. It's not fucking ass now, mm. is it? They got I mean, out very quickly. Oh, yeah. They were great. Your man was in and out. Your man was in and out in three quarters of an hour or something. Very, I think you texted me on, on Wednesday or something saying you were going to contact Sky about it because we were talking about recording in your house last yeah. Thursday. Yeah. And then I said we, we wouldn't be able to do that with your internet. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't be able to handle it. And then you said you sent a photo in. On Saturday, I think, and it was the new broadband. Sent you the speed test. Yeah. Sent you the upload and the yeah. download speed. Yeah, uh, four hundred and twenty meg or something like that. So, uh, eight, I think it was like 80, 50, 60, 70 mm. upload. I was like, on a good day, that's what I used to get with the old broadband. Yeah, on a very good day. And then there's times mm-hmm. where you get two megabit. Yeah, um, you're all that broadband was shit. Yeah, well, not now. So yeah, so that, no. that's the same day. The two of them calling out, but the smiles. Yeah, like we went went up to went up to Alma. James was there, and we went out uh, myself, Ashley, her kids, and James went out to eat. Nice to be able to sit indoors, you know, just to mm-hmm. have a meal together. And I was saying to Ashley, he's like, "Oh, she'll have to get." So her kids are fourteen, eleven, and 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 two. I was like, "Well, you know, you could get the big two down." I was like. Jesus, I can't. So what we, we can't even go for fucking something to eat. Like, I can't even go mm. for a meal. So I'm kind of waiting to see what the announcement will be if indoor dining is back. But that was nice, you know, just a kind of, I suppose, a, a blended family as as we have now. So yeah. James and, um, and then Ashing and, and her kids. It was lovely. Just just a nice experience. And she, like, I mean, she loves that stuff. Like, yeah. She, she absolutely, she just thrives on that. She recharges off of that. Um, and that's I mean that's what you want <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. a very admirable thing for for someone that comes in and you know takes your takes your children in well, you know you're technically you're my child mm. but you know and um has such holds them in such warm regard so that's 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 a lovely thing to have and her kids are great which is which is good because 
You know, not always that lucky. <laughs> no, sometime, normally sometime. you can get a you get a bad batch. You get a bad batch. Not. They don't they don't mix well between each other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a very awkward situation for, mm. for people to be in. Like you love the person, but their kids are dickheads. Like, yeah, how are you supposed <laughs> to tell them? Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Way, you yeah. fucking hate your kids. Yeah, and it's because of how you're rearing them and how you're letting them away with everything mm. there, and uh, that's a very different thing. Actually, that'd be a good subject. We we could look at maybe blended families or um, someone that's maybe living it a little bit more than mm. than than we are i mean yeah we, we need we need to find somebody with kind of the bad the bad side of it yeah anyone that's had the negative well anyone that's yeah. even living with it of, of what it's like or the complexities mm. because like, you're you're 22 you know for as far mm. as you're concerned ashling's my girlfriend <laughs> and that's yeah. it like you know you you live independently and mm-hmm. you know so james i suppose would have a little bit we'll get him on yeah I don't, I don't know how i don't know how good james would be on this well, if he's anything like he is when he comes out of school, oh, buddy, how are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, what you do today? Can't remember. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally, we're at the school gates. How can you not remember? Can't remember. I say, like, well, who were you playing with today? Don't know. Well, how do you not know? Don't remember. I'm like, dude, we're like, we haven't even walked out of school yet. How do you not remember? He's repressing his emotions. Uh, yeah. got him on this week. <laughs> but Ashley says that's boys. He says boys are like that. Our son is the very same. Mm. so and then we when we went up to when we were out for something to eat and the two was kind of at the same time gave each other the nod of uh ethan is 11 james is five and they're rabbiting away like and they're i'm like i just picked them up i said how are you yeah grand what have you been up to don't know uh, did you do anything with mammy did you go anywhere don't remember yeah but that, that's boring conversations for for boys they want to talk yeah, about yeah. like cool stuff like cars and explosions yeah, <laughs> well, what was the one Peter had our family go? Well, whatever you kids are into these days, stickers or <laughs> stewie. <laughs> so I remember, you, remember you were giving out to me a, a few weeks ago where I said uh, a client said, "No, no, keep keep the keep the two hours," and you're like, "Ah, she's just she's just mm. looking for a discount." So one one a client that I have uh, who'd come through the podcast, she'd been listening to the podcast, and then and then she contacted me for for therapy. She um, and I, I she said I, I I to quote her. I said I'll quote you directly. She says you can, and she says tell Cameron he can fuck off. There's nothing wrong with two hours. <laughs> uh, I'll have to take that one on the chin, I suppose. Tell it. Yeah, I gotta take I'm, it. I'm, man, gonna yeah. Start, I'm gonna start finding <laughs> listeners who prefer the shorter episodes. I'm gonna fight back. <laughs> well, that that's gonna be yeah. everyone your age. Hasn't got the fucking attention span to listen. It's like, ooh, yeah. Snapchat. <laughs> don't for, don't forget, I've studied this. I, I know more about about the podcast stuff than you do. Well, you can start promoting it then and get us more listeners. Good man. <laughs> it goes on to my no story every week. You should and, be happy. Yeah. And the other thing then, a client came in. She's actually, she's finishing up. And it's great. You know, great to see the progress she made. And again, a listener, a listener to the podcast. And she was like, oh, it was great to hear Peter back there a few weeks ago. Jeez, I was laughing away. And you know, he even he was still saying to you about shit in the bed. I was like, Jesus you're never living it down. Christ, like yeah. that's what she said. She's like, that's what you're going to be known as. I said, can we? Can hang? I said, just take one second. Can I just clarify? I did yeah. not shit the bed. She's like, well, you know, that's that's yeah. all you're going to be known for now. I was like, Jesus Christ. See that? That's why you can't you can't <laughs> be too open on like, it. Oh, Something so you have to keep away yeah, unless they I stick with like, you. Nah, I don't. It doesn't bother me. Uh, that's and that's the thing, you know. As as we talk about uh, defense mechanisms later on with Lloyd, you know, humor mm. is humor is one of them, and humor in therapy is is hugely important, and it's one of the things um, that I really kind of emphasize because it helps to develop a relationship, it helps put mm. people at ease, 
Um, so it's a, it's a great way of, of managing things. And that's what, that's what defense mechanisms mm. are there for. And that's what we're going to talk about with Lloyd. So this week on the podcast, we are talking to Lloyd Pennington. Lloyd emailed the show a couple of weeks ago. We read, we read it out last week uh, on this week's show, Lloyd, as you would hear it. Um, you would email us about uh, emotional repression and something you've been doing and something that's through therapy has been has been helping you to deal with that. So first of all, how are Fine. you doing this morning, Lloyd? I'm nervous about the problem now, Mark. Right? <laughs> Yeah. That's okay. That's that's understandable. Yeah. yeah, coming on talking with us too, yeah. people that you don't even know. Yeah, where uh, where in the world are I'm you, Lloyd? In Wales, right now, uh, Swansea. No, yeah. oh, very good. You've yeah. grown up there All your entire life. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lloyd Lloyd Pennington. It sounds like you should be a butler. To <laughs> I have been told that. Yeah, I've been told I got that kind. Of yeah, you you and Alfred. <laughs> you and Alfred Pennyworth just hanging out in the back cave when when Batman's yeah, out. I've been told I have that kind of name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd, have you thing. um are you sick of hearing it's coming home? Yeah. Um yeah. Has it yeah <laughs> as a Welshman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think the problem for most people is that you'll just never hear it. Especially yeah. if they win. And, uh, oh, and it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. looking that way as well, so I think I think we're gonna have to prepare ourselves <laughs> for the never ending it's home. Oh, I know, I can't wait. Oh no. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. So apart from English English suppression <laughs> and oppression that we've all experienced, um, Lloyd, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself outside of where you're living? Um, what's, what's what's our life? Uh, there's not much to say really. I don't know. Uh, I'm a well, let's say recent IT, ICT graduate in the past like two years. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm a big uh, video gamer. I do that a lot. Um, mm. not really. That's really about it. Do yeah. That's pretty much doing yeah. two things. Okay, tell us. You've been listening. You've a. You've been a fan of the podcast. You emailed us in. You, you sent yeah. us in some lovely feedback. But what what made you contact the show um, about about the topic um, that we're going to talk? I don't about? know. I mean, a lot of the episodes help have helped me in some little ways. So if I could do that to other people, then you know that's. Grand, really. What stood out to you then from some of the podcasts that you have listened to? You said some of the stuff yeah. kind of uh, kind of hit you at an yeah. emotional level well, at times. Well, stuff like the like depression, anxiety one sort of hit home a little bit. Um, not that they've been mm. like diagnosed or anything, but like some of the things that they have been talked about have like have definitely resonated with me a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah. I get bits and pieces from like every episode. Good. Yeah. At, least, at least you can get something. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the shit that we, we talk about on here. We, we do try to fill in some yeah. educational stuff while we're here. Yeah, we do. We yeah, we did a bit for the visually impaired last week of spreading a little bit. Yeah. So you know, it's the, it's yeah. the light and the shade. We talk shit, but sometimes we we have some we have some information on it as well. You you mentioned there, like you know, not diagnosed with depression or not diagnosed with anxiety. And that's that's a common thing I would see in, in work of. You know, people looking for the people looking for the diagnosis, or you know, do you think I'm depressed? And I don't, I don't really just say to people, "Why well, are you feeling depressed?" Or yeah. you're feeling anxious, because the problem with a diagnosis is you have to hit a certain criteria. You know, for depression, you have to meet five of nine or something like that. And well, what if you're not? What if you're only hitting four of those? It's like, oh well, well then I'm not depressed. Oh, I just go on exactly. feeling shit then. But not not being yeah. depressed, yeah. So the depression and anxiety is something you've experienced in uh, your yeah. life, then, Lloyd. Uh, yeah, mainly this year a little bit. Throughout, I guess not most of my life, but a fair chunk of it, I've experienced both. But uh, 
Yeah. What was it about this year? What's um, what's what's it? Well, what's wrong year? with COVID still going on? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've had a death in the family as well, so that sort of hit home. Mm. Was that so? Was was that someone in your uh, immediate family? Yeah, my immediate family. family yeah. Was it that died? What's what's that um, been like for them? Well, I mean, it was. It sort of hurt for like, like a month or two, and then I just sort of again pushed it down. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and I haven't really talked about it to anyone because when I do talk about, it, I can feel it's sort of coming up a little bit. So I don't. I try yeah. not to talk about it as much. Yeah. Probably a sign that yeah. you, you do need to talk about it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But still, it's hard to talk about. You, you, of course it is, yeah, because it, it does bring up these, these these painful feelings and this a lot of these emotions yeah. that we experience. And, you know, usually that kind of, as I say, that's find it difficult to talk about or not being able to talk about it. As I said, that's that's usually a sign that we need to talk about it. But you know these various defense mechanisms, as as we'll talk about um, on on today's shows, they kick in. The interesting thing around that, and particularly what I see with people with grief or trauma, things like that, is then it gets to the point that you are able to talk about, it. and you know that's that's kind of a sign of healing. We've able to incorporate that into our lives. We've been able to create a narrative around it as we talk about it, and the point does come where. You can talk about it, and we're not emotionally affected by it. Doesn't mean we don't care. It just means we've we've probably healed, um, probably yeah. healed from that. So the when was the uh, when was the death then, Lloyd? Like early February. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So yeah. You're still kind of yeah, still living with it. And, uh, and my was grandmother. It? Was but it was sort of like a okay. double-sided thing because she was suffering for like dementia for like two ish, oh. okay. like two or three years, like probably. So yeah. So I also think I did like a little bit of like grieving before she passed away because she hasn't because she wasn't the yeah. same person as she was like. Of course. You know. So. Yeah. yeah. We had that on the episode grief just a couple of weeks ago. We we discussed anticipatory yeah. grief, um, and that was actually one of the you know Mags had kind of discussed anticipatory grief of knowing that that loss is coming. But I'd I'd made the point of exactly what you've spoken about there of clients i would see with parents with alzheimer's or dementia um you know you lose that person hmm. that you once knew and you know they've changed they're not the same person and that piece then of knowing that you know it's death is death is becoming kind of yeah. more imminent so there is a lot to, a lot to deal it's with it's almost like losing them that. twice yeah nowadays yeah that's exactly yeah, mm. that's exactly what I've heard from a, from one particular client. Like, yeah. I'm grieving twice. I'm grieving the person that I knew, and I'm grieving uh, mm-hmm. the inevitable. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, we've had we've yeah, had customers yeah. come into the pub. If you don't know that, Lloyd, I'm a bartender, and mm. we'd have customers come in, and their partner would have is currently experiencing dementia. So they'll come into the pub and they'll try to just kind of forget about it for a bit, and they'll talk to us about it. And it's it's one of the hardest things we have to hear about. Like you hear, you hear about that's a lot, kind of when people come in for a few after a funeral or whatever. But hearing about a partner with dementia is definitely a lot tougher because you hear them forget about their kids, and then eventually they forget what their who their partner is and what they look like, and then ultimately they they come down on the side of okay, well my partner's passed away now, so I've been living with this partner for two years who has no idea who I am, but I still love them. And I still know exactly who they are. And I remember everything that I've gone through with them for the past 20, 30 years. 
and now I have to watch them die not knowing who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very tough thing to listen to. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not as, as well. It wasn't like uh, just her as well. It was like, well, my grandfather as well who had to deal with that as well. You can sort of see him sort of like losing who he is as well, in a sense, because he's like 24-7, like caring, you know. Mm. And that's not what he does, you know, that's not like, he didn't sign up for anything along those lines. He just had to like immediately just head first jump into mm. that as well. So it's also heartbreaking from uh, that side as well, as well, I would say. As I say, you, you know, you don't no. get any training for that. Thrown in, thrown in the deep end of, okay, here's the person you love now. Learn, learn to live with this. Mm-hmm. You, you said you kind yeah. of pushed it down, um, as as has been, I suppose, yeah. a habit of yours, Lloyd. You, you mentioned in your email that, so, so for anyone that didn't listen, or didn't hear uh, Lloyd's email that we read out last week, so I'll just briefly scan over it again. Hey, massive fan of the podcast, been this for a couple of months. It's been a real emotional experience at times. Not in a bad way, but just me coming to terms with certain areas. I was wondering if there was a plan for an episode of repressed emotions. I've been repressing emotions since the age of three. I'm 23 now, and I have a therapist who's EMDR, and it's helped a little with some thoughts. That's that's the, the main crux of it, I suppose. Repressing emotions from three. Say a little um, bit of what that looked well, like for you. I say, I say three. I mean, my first like memory of such is my mum and dad sort of like arguing in like a div- like divorce argument. So I remember like walking... Mm. I don't know. I remember myself like walking into the kitchen, like you know, just from watching cartoons, telling them to like shut up. Uh, you know, and they just sort of pushed off because I'm, you know, like three. So it's one one of your earliest memories. Is I think that is my earliest memory. Point. I think, and it's the most yeah, it's the one I remember. And anyway. just pushed me away because I was like three. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really remember talking about it with them. I mean, I might have, but I don't remember it. So, I mean, I just had to deal with that on my own, I guess. So, I guess the way I did that was to just push it in, really. And how long then, before you said your parents yeah. divorced, your parents have split? Yeah. How? What age uh, are you then when I guess, that like, happened? three or four, I think. Yeah, so it was pretty okay. early on. Well, what was that experience um, like for you then? As, as your parents split or growing up, did you have a relationship with both parents uh, afterwards? Yeah, I have a relationship with both of them, yeah. Um, so I, so it's like every, like my dad, we could see my dad, like me and my brother could see my dad for like, like two days a week, I think, or like two, like every mm-hmm. other week or something. I can't really remember such. Yeah. Uh, and then like, I think it was like five years ago or like five, seven years ago, he moved to Australia. So that's been, mm. so, I, you know, occasionally we'd like, we like ring him and stuff, but, um, yeah, we haven't really, we don't really speak as much anymore because it's, well, it's like a 10, 11 hour time uh, difference. So, mm. yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, that's a bit difficult, but um, plus there's not really a lot to talk about because it's COVID. You know, there's like. That's, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. What to do today? Exactly. Nothing. What to yeah. do yesterday? We just have yeah. It's like every, like if you ring him every couple of weeks, for instance, we're just saying the same stuff over and over again. It's nothing. Mm. There's nothing like, yeah. new and exciting. Like, I can't say I've been out with friends because I can't. You, know? you can't, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
What's what's lockdown? What's what's COVID in Wales? Are you, are you under well, the same kind of thing? Are you in lockdown? I, is I mean, we can go in and eat in restaurants and stuff, and you know, we can go into pubs and whatever. Okay. Um, I think I think it's July nineteenth. I think England is meant to be like lifting or something. I don't really know. I'm, yeah, we. Yeah, I haven't really been following it, so I don't really follow the English side because it doesn't consume. I don't really know about the Welsh side either, really. Uh, <laughs> just, just block it all yeah. out. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the easiest yeah. way to deal with. <laughs> Someone it. tells me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. do do what you always do. Just repress it all. <laughs> Lloyd, in your in your email, you mentioned um, having a therapist use EMDR. Just for listeners that may not know what that is, could you maybe explain that a little bit? Um, so I can never actually me- remember what it stands for. Eye movement desensitization uh, and reprocessing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. So what happened is so in my case it was about uh like needle phobias. So because uh, I've had a lot of injections from like a new age, because it's like in and out of hospital for like a good chunk. Mm. Well what was that for? Uh, that was for so when I was born I had like no like patches of hair on my head. So I had like these tissue expanders put in my head. And then, like, a week, twice a week, from, like, the ages of 6 to, like, 14, 15. Like, the end of comprehensive school, like, secondary school. I would mm. have, yeah, injections weekly, bi-weekly, to, like, fill up, like, things in my head to make them sort of go out. Uh, yeah, to have, like, you know, balloons filled up in my head. So they'd have to be injected week, mm. uh, weekly, bi-weekly. Um, and then... Yeah, so that's where the needle phobia comes from because I've had so many. Just into the into your uh, skull, into so the skull. So they sort of like, I guess it's like they sort of like make their own like little port, like a little bump on top of my head, and then they sort of which has mm. like a tube in it, which they inject into, which goes into the like tissue expander. Yeah, it's wow, fun, grand, great. So what 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 is uh, the condition then? You were well, I was what, what is three months or... premature. Yeah, uh, I guess my hair didn't develop or something. I don't really know. So I don't mm. really know if it's a condition mm. or anything. It's just what happened. I've seen other people that were premature. Yeah. They, they have hair. So there must, I, I, there must be some condition. I don't there. really know. I think it was just... So so, so what is that? Is that like... Um, this is actually just very, just very interesting because this is something else we can, we can shed, some, some, shed some light on. Uh, so as you, were, as you were growing up then, were... You um, were bald, was well, it? it was, your head was... It was like, yeah, it's like little patches, patches dotted or... around my head. So I was wearing like a hat from a little young age, pretty much, because, you know, yeah. kids are mean. And was there bullying uh, around Surprisingly, ass, no. Or... Like, I got really lucky. Like, I think one oh. time, uh, yeah. one person did try to. Then, like, all the rugby boys just sort mm. of put a stop to it. So, yeah, I got really, I got really lucked out. <laughs> Yeah, like actually. Oh, yeah, fair yeah, play. Not. Nice one. I know. Yeah, play it to the lads. <laughs> yeah, good, good, uh, good rugby mm-hmm. country down yeah. in Wales, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So from a young age, then you were having you were having these yeah. injections. Yeah. Into, into my head. Into your head. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it. It's not exactly fun. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not exactly great. It must be quite painful. Yeah, it was. I mean. Is this, is this something you get used to, or is every time that anxiety of, oh shit, I it was a little bit. I mean, there's a little bit of anxiety with it, but I sort of like, because I kind of like grew up with it in a sense. It was like, 
It's just, mm. oh, it's Sunday night. Here we go. You know, it's like my normal, so to speak. But it didn't yeah, really hurt. Yeah. I mean, the injection bit didn't hurt. Like, it was when they were filling up mm. and they got, like, tight, you know, stretching. So, yeah, yeah. That's pulling, yeah. pulling your scalp. Um, so that's that's what brought you to, to therapy uh, in the first place? Yeah, along with just general, like, downness, like, feeling, you know, feeling a bit, like, lost and down and, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. Well, the original thing was for needle phobia, yeah. But then it's all branched out into, um, yeah, feelings of just being down and what have you, yeah. Yeah, we, we, yep. we'll get into that in a little bit. So, uh, as Cameron asked there, he said what EMDR stands for, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. We did an episode on it before. We had we had yep. um, Helen on around her case. But for, for anyone that hasn't heard that, can you explain to people what uh, EMDR, what, what you did in, in, in sessions? Um, what, so, what, what I did like? was, well, first I got told to um, like think of like a safe place kind of thing to like uh, hmm. sort of draw yeah. myself back to. Um, in case you know, mm. if things were if things ever got out of hand, um, but mainly it was so I had to, well, because I obviously couldn't see the person, you know, I couldn't see the the psychologist in person, so I had to do it over a video. Oh yeah. So I was sort of mm. like doing, I was sort of like raising my hand up and down like that, like, and then when mm. hand goes up, I look at it and then just up and down, up and down, eye to eye, uh, side to side eye movement, to sort of... So you're having to do your own yeah, EMDR Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, so traditionally what EMDR, so you, you sit in front of a therapist, uh, what they can often do is they can hold kind of two fingers in front of you, and as you tell the story, then you, you track their... Um, you track their finger movements. Some people use lights, so it's nearly like Night Rider, probably a little bit before your time, but you might not a car. So you got the light, the red light going, woo, 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 woo. so you track that light, and it's about that kind of neural integration between the different brain hemispheres, which help. It's, it's very good with trauma. Um, obviously, you've had your own traumatic experiences with the needles and the anxiety um, that, that, that that provoked for yourself. So traditionally, yeah, the therapist will do it. You know, you'll move your fingers or the light or whatever it may be, but you were yeah. having to do it yourself, moving moving your own yeah. hands and looking your own eyes. Yeah. I think it kind of helped me a little bit, do you know, man? I don't know. If I'm more personal that way, is what I thought. And when, but, when was uh, this then? From, like, when September this? last year to, like, March mm. this year. Yeah, so you'd been, as you said, you'd been feeling quite low even before mm. the death yeah. of, your, of your grandmother. Yeah. What was your experience? What did that lowness? Obviously, we touch on depression and stuff like that, but everyone experiences mm-hmm. everything differently. Uh, people think of depression as sadness. Yeah. You know, you're just sad all the time. Um, but people are different. Some people feel absolutely nothing. Some people feel that mm-hmm. immense sadness. What, what, what um, were you feeling at the time? So I felt just like kind of lost a little bit. Like I didn't. I felt sad as well. Well, I felt sad, lost, and all mm. like also nothing kind of. Not yeah, sometimes yeah. at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, but sometimes mm. it's like <laughs> spread out. I mean, I've never been like in bed, just not moving. You know, it's never been that bad. I've always been able to sort of get up. Yeah. Even if it's only for like appearances sake. Yeah. Because that's sort of what yeah. drives me. Because if, 
like your family member realizes I was like that, they take it kind of hard, I guess. Well, I think they take it hard. I yeah. don't really want to have that conversation. So even on my like lowest point, mm. I'd sort of get up, still go to work, still do everything I can while feeling shit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Put much. The mask yeah. on. Get the facade going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had um, when Michelle was hosting. We had Arlene on on the bipolar, and both of them had described their, you know their own experiences of depression, etc. And like that, not wanting mm-hmm. to tell anyone, you know, minding minding everyone else in it. And I suppose the the irony being that the old saying, "Problem share is a problem have," but no. you don't want to be a burden. You want to, you know, you you don't want people to show. You put on the mask and the energy that that takes mm-hmm. and you know you show a face and then people you know if you do ever do tell people yeah. Jesus, i never knew i know yeah I like, yeah i know <laughs> I, I, yeah. i'm just suffering inside i'm doing my best not to show you like yeah very very lonely yeah. place to be as well like. i know it is um yeah, i was pretty sure like even though i know i wouldn't have been a burden like i know i wouldn't have i still yeah yeah logically know, logically you know but, like emotionally it's just you don't think like your brain doesn't work properly, so you think you're gonna be a burden. Yeah, it's as it is. It is a lonely place. It is. It's not just a sad place. It's an emptiness. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a feeling of nothing. And you said you went through it all. You had the sadness. You had the loneliness. You had the mm-hmm. nothingness. You know, and, and all of that compounded by not wanting mm-hmm. to to show yep. anyone. So that was that was September. Uh, yeah, that was September. Yeah, I started with it. Did you find it helped? What, what was your experience like of therapy in general, regardless of the, the modality oh. used or anything like that? Um, you, you stuck yeah. it out for a few months anyway, so did, did it work for you? Or was uh, that all remotely? Yeah, it was all remotely. Uh, yeah, I love therapy. I don't know. Mm. It's just something about it that I just really like. Like, just, like I look forward to going, yeah. you know, even if there's nothing to talk about. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Because I had a counsellor in university as well for like the last year. So, and I was in person. Mm. And that was great. I loved going to that just to talk. Yeah. I don't know. Just helps to kind of mm-hmm. untangle the brain. I, I think that is one of the stigmas uh, with therapy, though, that most people don't realize is that it does actually become an experience you can you can enjoy because you're getting so much off your chest. Mm-hmm. But most people just see it as, oh, well, I have to go and explain to this person why I'm, why I'm feeling the way I am. And I just it's something I don't want to do when it's going to be real uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I was definitely like that for the first, like, well, before the first session. But like five minutes in, I was like, "Oh, this is this is mm. great." I was yeah. loving that. But, that, <laughs> yeah. but that's their job. It's it's yeah. to make you feel comfortable in in talking about yourself. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, both of them have done a very yeah. good job. And it, to be fair, good, great. What what was the difference? So you've you've done it both mm-hmm. ways, uh, Lloyd. Uh, you've done it in person and virtually. What what were the the experiences like? I I always say, and I see a lot of clients. That have done it virtually. That was like, no, nah, can I come mm. back in? Yeah, of course, can you can you can, you can attend in person. Uh, it, it's but you've done both. So what what's a, what was that experience like of in person and remotely? Was there a difference mm. or? I mean, is it yes and no? I mean, I liked I like doing it in person. Um, I do enjoy doing it in person. Mm. It feels a bit I don't know. It's just better because I'm not in my room. I actually, because if yeah. I'm not, if yeah, I'm yeah. feeling like down that day, I have to get up and go like i have to shower i have to you know put clothes on no proper clothes on i have to go yeah so it's kind of like yeah. do, you see, do you see that as a benefit oh yeah yeah because it gives me something to like you know strive to do that day even if i don't want it's kind of it's kind of forcing you yeah. to get up and go about your day yeah yeah, yeah exactly 
but then with the online one, even you know, which was great, but it's like I could just rock out of bed ten minutes before, and just you know, like I wouldn't even have to. Well, depending on the session, I wouldn't have to turn like my webcam on, so I wouldn't. I could literally just have rocked out of bed. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like the like talking in them though, like uh, the sessions and the actual talking parts of the like counselling have been pretty much identical though. Like I don't really realise the difference when I'm online or in person. Um, so yeah, it's mainly just yeah, content content wise. wise. Yeah, yeah, do you live alone? Yeah, I live with uh, my family. So yeah, mum, stepdad. Well, that that can be a difficult thing in terms of you know I've seen it with clients that that might be living at home that you know there may be issues with the family uh, maybe issues with you know they might be talking about stuff in the past mm-hmm. with parents and stuff like that and they're very conscious that the parent may be in the mm-hmm. in the very next room and you know it can be a little bit yeah. censoring. For well, I always say like I'm I have the like psychologist today. Can you just go to a different part of the house? You know? Of course, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I can have that privacy. Uh, everyone in this house is sort of respects privacy a lot so that's never really been too much of a problem so once you kind of went in there within the first session as you were mm. starting to unload it was mm. like okay yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can get behind 100%. you so all of all of that emotions that had been repressed had yeah <laughs> an outlet I suppose. yeah it was, it was a good experience yeah. well, we only got lied on today to make to make alan's job look better <laughs> He just wants more clients. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was in I was in my own therapy yesterday. I always say it on the show. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell a product. Mm, I, th- I think Alan is actually sl- yeah. sliding Lloyd a, a little brown envelope. <laughs> make make me sound really good, quick. <laughs> well, all, all I'm doing is making Lloyd's therapist sound really good. <laughs> I can't take any responsibility. Bar bar speaking on behalf of the profession. Oh. Therapy's great. Everyone, give me money quick, <laughs> or, or give a little therapist money. Feel good about yourself. I think. I think when we had Michelle on, Michelle was awesome. She's like, you know, she goes to therapy because, you know, she's like, I want to make sure I'm living my best possible life. You know, I'm, I'm feeling as good as I can be. Same as people going to the gym. Why do you go to the gym? Well, I want to be, want to be fit. I want to, you know, be healthy. Same psychologically. I want to. I want to be healthy, and I want my mind. Because if your mind's mm-hmm. not right, mm-hmm. nothing's right. But you found even having that having that session, just maybe days where it was a struggle to get out of bed. That you know, oh, well, okay, I gotta, yeah. I gotta do something today. I gotta, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was always on my like days off on university as well. So like I wasn't even in university mm-hmm. at the time, like that day. So I would have to get mm-hmm. up. So I gave you. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you study? Like? Business information technologies. So it's just business IT. What drew, what drew uh, you to that in the first? I don't class? really know. I think I, mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> a burning desire, yeah. obviously, isn't the fucking reason. No. Right? <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Like, you got to do something. I might as well I, just do honestly, that. Honestly, I, I think that was it. Like genuinely, like in college, <laughs> I thought, well, IT is good, so there are gonna be jobs in that. <laughs> Yeah, business is business good. Is good. Yeah. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, exactly. Business and IT sold. I, I yeah. found the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really been. I haven't really been drawn to a IT as such. Like my friend, I had a friend doing it, so just sort of yeah, may yeah. as well. It, it it took me two years to realize what I wanted. You can to hear do. the passion. You can hear the passion yeah. in your voice, like, like yeah. eh, that's why I strive. Yeah. That's why I try to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Passionate about therapy, but not about what he's doing in university. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one, one of them is going to make you happier anyway. You, go, you have to go to therapy to deal with the unhappiness of, of doing a course you're not interested in. See which one I actually like. You know, it's, you know. Yeah. 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 So we've been talking about we've been talking about emotional repression, and what emotional repression comes under is uh, it's a defense mechanism. So what a defense mechanism is, it's uh, kind of a psychological way of trying to protect ourselves from anxiety thoughts or feelings or feelings of stress or or inner conflict. Um, we've been kind of having what can also be a defense mechanism there of humor. Humor can be a great defense mechanism. I don't know what it's like there, Lloyd, uh, but um, particularly in Ireland, we're great at a funeral. There'll always mm-hmm. be great crack at a funeral. Yeah. It's full of jokes because, you know, we use humor as opposed to, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. It's this oh, so humor can be, humor can be a, a great defense mechanism. So Sigmund Freud most people are familiar with Freud and all his mammy issues and told the rest of us that we all had mammy issues as well. So that might be one of his own defense mechanisms around projection. So Freud, for anyone that doesn't know, if it probably wasn't for Sigmund Freud, you, you probably wouldn't be listening to me. So I'd say everyone is fucking cursing <laughs> Freud at the minute. <laughs> it's like that meme. Have you seen that meme of... Uh, like some fucking fish crawled out of the water like millions of years ago. So yeah. that way I have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that fish. <laughs> Everyone's like, Fuck Freud. But what Freud is kind of, you know, the father of psychoanalysis and, and the old traditional psychoanalysis was you kind of lay on the couch, the Freudian couch, um, and you just talk. And the therapist or the analyst probably wouldn't really say anything at all. They'd sit behind you or sit out of sight maybe taking notes and stuff like that. Therapy has moved on a lot from that because there is there is still some some analysts that operate that way, but what traditionally what all of the research shows is that it's that face to face human interaction is is, you know, where a lot of the healing it takes place. That that, that piece around being social creatures. So the, the the old psychoanalytic is you know, it's it's more the rarity as it is now. Um, and because of Freud and the work he did with the unconscious and stuff like that, um, you get therapy and you get to listen to me and you get, we get to have discussions around mental health. Some of the common Freudian things that we would hear in language. So Freud's theories of psychosexual development. Uh, so the first one, you know, you see people smoking or chewing on a pen and stuff like that. People would say, oh, oral fixation. You know, they're you know fixated with the mouse. The mouse is where we first take in pleasure as as a child. Or if someone's really uptight, you know, we say, "Oh, they're really anal." Again, that's that's Freudian language. It's the language that we can have in our in our everyday and perhaps not understand uh, not understand where it came from. But Freud also had the concept of he kind of divided um, personality or our, our psyche into three parts. So one is what's called the id, um, and then so you've got the id the super ego and then the ego and the best way and the easiest way of talking about them is the id is you want what you want and you want it now it's a very primitive children are very id orientated they want something they take it and they hit you to get it um super ego develops later and it tends to be more around morals and social acceptance um of you know we we don't do those things because morally that's perhaps not right and then the ego kind of mediates between the two of them. So it's kind of like the angel and the devil. 
on each on each shoulder and we can we can have these defense mechanisms then to kind of deal with that conflict so the one the one you had uh, mentioned in in your initial email and something i suppose you've become quite adept at right yep. is is repression so emotional repression so that's our way of unconsciously burying stuff that we don't want to deal with that might be perhaps a little bit too too difficult to deal with and then the other so com- similar to that then is suppression so suppression is more conscious so you know if we're angry or stressed or like i don't have fucking time to deal with this like you know you know i'll deal with that later on whereas repression is tends to be more unconscious and very similar to yourself can be um kind of the habit of a lifetime because we're trying to avoid things which may be stressful which can be very difficult to to deal with so we we bury that down uh so actually one one common thing around repression thankfully you didn't experience it so, but something i was seeing a lot of clinical work like would be uh, people mm-hmm. that have been bullied so people that have been bullied are people that have grown up with um perhaps an authoritarian or an abusive parent so all that anger that that couldn't be directed at your parent or at the at the school bully or a teacher or something like that gets repressed and then the anger then can become an issue in later life. Now, what what can also happen is that unexpressed anger gets turned inward and man, can manifest then as depression. So Freud said that anger was depression turned inward. So that anger that can't be dis- that can't be expressed gets internalized, and we direct that anger toward ourselves. And for I suppose anyone that's experienced depression, uh, part of that is kind of hating yourself. <laughs> And and you can and you can hate yourself and think very negatively of yourself and hate yourself for being for being depressed. So they're they're the ones around uh, repression. So we, I suppose with that little bit of information, Lloyd, is that is the, the, the repression? Does that sound familiar for yourself? Is um, that your experience? Yeah, yeah, it is. I guess in my experience, so in this house, there's a fair bit of like arguing going on. Not even like just bad, just mm. people just shout, just to get hurt, and like I guess, yeah, uh, and because I've sort of been around that all my life, I guess. Like, yeah, my first memory was, mm. you know, my mum and dad. I sort of hear that, like a like a kid in a way. So I've been I've been told like by my uh, psychologist. So I sort of yeah just. I hear it as a kid, but I sort of receive it as a, like me now, as like a 23 year old. So I sort yeah. of like, anyway, I push it in and say, I'm not going to deal with it, I guess. And then, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the only place that really comes out is when I'm driving <laughs> and there's like an idiot on the road. Okay. And I just. Oh, the road, yeah. the road rage comes oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of road rage. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's very yeah. common. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the only place mm-hmm. I really take it out on i don't really take it out on anyone yeah and that's you know traditionally so yeah traditionally what happens is in one form or another mm-hmm. it just leaks out you know we can we can only repress for so long but that the unconscious has that desire to be known and you know that's where we have dreams and stuff like that or another common freudian thing is a freudian slip um so we're consciously we we miss something and we end up saying the mm-hmm. wrong thing or something like that um you know it's like, oh yeah, no, no, I, you know, I, if, if we take it to a work situation, uh, oh, oh no, I mean, uh, oh no, sorry, I hate my boss. I mean, no, I really, I really love my boss. Mm-hmm. You know, it slipped. 
that the, the, the mm. ego didn't catch the hatred. And I was like, no, no, I have to admit that that I that I loved. Um, so another common another common defense mechanism, sort of similar to similar to kind of what you were touching on there, um, mm. is displaced anger. So displacement then is another um, another defense mechanism. So that's where we perhaps can't direct the anger mm-hmm. at the source. So if it is um, a boss or something like that, so you, you know your boss gives you a bollock in, in work, gives out to your work, uh, and then you go home and you kick the dog. So you couldn't you couldn't discharge that energy at the boss. So you go home and do it in a safer. Is that um, uh, is that why those you know the destruction rooms? Is that why they're popular? You know, you go into a room and you just you oh, just yeah. smash it. That'd be yeah. yeah. Are you familiar Actually, with them? They look pretty fun. They do. They do. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be a yeah. that'd be a solution to that problem. Would it just going into one of those rooms and just smashing everything to pieces? Or kind of, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. you're getting it out, and that's what it's about. It's about getting this energy mm. out. It's about discharging that that psychic energy, um, and. The displaced thing then of even, you know, maybe the road rage. So because perhaps a lot of those angry feelings mm-hmm. that you've had, Lloyd, as a child, you know, it, it just it yeah. leaks out somewhere else. So that anger can be directed somewhere else then. So, you know, someone that might hate the police or might hate, so, you know, we got all, all of now with the government and they're trying to control us and they're kind of this and it's all of that. You know, a lot of that can be unresolved mm-hmm. parental issues if we go Freudian again, mammy issues or daddy issues, you know, so that anger perhaps at the authority figure as we were a child of being the authoritarian parent, mm-hmm. be it the mother or the father, that couldn't be expressed, now gets unconsciously put onto people in power or people in authority that are trying to make me do what I don't want to do or you're trying to control me and stuff like that. When in reality, and this is where therapy is so important, where, where we can work through that and we don't take our unconscious shit out on yeah. other people. You know, we're not we're not being triggered by well, they're trying to control us. Are they though? Is it in is it in the government's best interest to have us fucking paying out billions and billions to people through do you do you get paid over there, Lloyd? We've got what's the thing the, they have here, Campbell? Pandemic unemployment. The pandemic payment. unemployment payment. So you oh, pay yeah. for people that have been out of work due to COVID, yeah. it's yeah, you get that. I mean, that's no. not the government's best interest. None of this is in the government's best interest. So that displacement of who you're actually angry at uh, gets gets put on um, somewhere else. So the, the the repression, as you talk about, is the unconscious. The suppression is um, piece where it's more conscious. You know, I can't deal with this shit now. Uh, another very common one is denial. And I think for anyone that has any experience of addiction, the majority of addicts are initially in denial. They can't admit that they have a problem. You know, I'm not. I'm not a fucking addict. Sure, you know, I'm not. Sure, you know, addicts. Addicts can't get up. They can't go to work. So you know, you're in denial about uh, about the fact. So there, there. That's a, another very common one that the majority of people would be would be familiar with. Regression. Uh, Cam, do you remember? Um, and Lloyd, I think you you would have listened to it. The the episode we had with mm. with Mags, and she was talking about how people grieving can mm. regress. So you know, you go back to another time, a time where you felt perhaps more comfortable. Um, or a time that you felt safe, and also that you know that that can be a comforting thing, but also you can see adults perhaps that might be stressed, that might suck their thumb. You can see adults throwing a tantrum because they, they don't get their own way. They regress to a childlike behavior. So at one time, we'd say for the toddler that threw that tantrum, it worked, 
and that's what their you know their parents would give them their own way um so they go back to a thing well this has worked in the past so i i go back to i go back to that um any of these i'm conscious of i know you're listening lloyd but any of these that are relatable for yourself as we as we talk about them so far and you, um, you can recognize for yourself i mean there's the I mean, a little bit of denial i think somewhere um yeah denial around um, is it weird if i said i don't know but i know i have experienced it uh i don't yeah i can't yeah, pinpoint you just can't what as such it's it's yeah, resonating there somewhere. It's there somewhere but i can't quite pinpoint it as such yeah that, that's okay and yeah. that's that's the unconscious that's the unconscious uh trying to protect yeah. us from something that 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 may be there or um and I, I would normally say to clients when they come in that at the start a little bit of resistance can arise early on in therapy because usually the first couple of sessions are you know you get doing a bit of an intake you're getting the kind of backstory and that's that's all right you can talk about what it is but then it's like well okay well let's let's look at the pain that's underneath that and that resistance and that reluctance to go there that unconscious protection of what's called a uh, flight to health where you go actually you know what i'm grand Jeez, I'm great there now. You just have to sort me right out. And I'd say to the clients, I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I was that good, I'd be charging a lot more per session. And then the other then is a traditional more resistance of this load of shite. You know, I don't need to talk about this. Why, why do you want to ask me about my family? Like, what, what? So what? When I was a child, what's that got to do with the issue that I'm having in work now at the minute or, or, or whatever it may be? So the, the unconscious is, you know, it's there to protect us. It's, it's doing its best, but sometimes perhaps... And perhaps for your for yourself, uh, Lloyd, you know, as a young child, you needed to repress those emotions because perhaps it wouldn't have been safe. And if there's a lot of shouting and a lot of fighting, you know, yeah. they're adults, and adults are probably four or five times our height mm-hmm. and are very strong, you know, so we, we are mm-hmm. at the mercy of the parent. And it's very often as a young child, it's not it's not safe not to express that anger. So we so we repress it. And then it can, as I said, leak out then in, in other ways. So this coping strategy that you developed yeah. as, a, as a young child, maybe no, not the best thing now. Great now. No, we had, we had Fraser on a few weeks ago and he was saying that, you know, he needed to have those conversations mm-hmm. with his inner child. He needed to sit down and say, you know what, buddy, I understand, you know, that worked for us at that point, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there's a better way. And, you know, our emotions are there as they're kind of the rudder that steers, steers the ship. They're there to bring our awareness to something. So, you know, toward things we like and away from things we don't like. So I don't like this feeling of stress or anxiety. So I avoid that. I want to get away from that. But when we listen to our emotions and what that you know, what that brings us to, it generally tends mm-hmm. to dissipate then. You know, so if we're lonely, that's that's our emotion and that's our brain's way of saying, mm-hmm. be more social, reach out if we're angry and we express it, it goes away. So like, as you said, Cammy, they're the smash rooms. You know, I, I would say anyone that comes out with them feels <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that was fucking savage. I love that. Or a lot of people, actually, you know what? i say what could happen uh, in a lot of those places. I'd say a lot of people will be crying afterwards because once to discharge the energy behind the anger, behind anger is pain. And those gates start to open then. Exactly, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'd, I'd be very interested to hear if anyone has had those experience of, you know, getting quite emotional. Or you would see people that, you know, when they get angry, they mm. cry. They just can't. They just can't express it. It's just way too I much. I think that's kind of the scariest thing of opening the gates, isn't it? It's being worried that they, they don't close again. Absolutely, yeah. Did, did you have that, Lloyd, you know, as you as you went into therapy? Was there that maybe piece of holding um, back? Yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah. Also, with like like getting angry as well. If I get if I do get like a strong surge of anger, it's like all my like repressed yeah. emotions they just sort of come out. So I'm feeling everything mm-hmm. I want. Yeah. Like everything. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. like yeah, I have to start like crying, yeah. laughing, while still being angry. At the same time, it's a very and it's a very common one for men, you know. That you know a lot of lot of the men that I would see uh, for anger, you know, they're coming in with anger issues. Um, you know, it's always that because for anger to be such a thing, as like you said there, Lloyd, that mm-hmm. you know everything comes out. Yeah. You know because you haven't you haven't dealt with it. So when when it as it, I think I said the floodgates mm-hmm. open there, it's coming out. <laughs> it's it's like okay, lads, fucking out we go. Let's let's. But I feel like it is a very um, male thing to do just because kind of growing up you're you're kind of taught you know well, keep your emotions inside always be the strong man mm-hmm. so I think oh I don't know you you'd probably be more suited to telling this than I would but I feel like repressed emotions is probably something more experienced in males than it would be females yeah oh, 100% just because yeah, of that way that we're not yeah. supposed to show or taught to not show yeah. our emotions I'm not not grateful for many things in my generation, but I think um, the the freedom they're allowing men to show with their emotions now is something I can be proud of with us, mm. because they've started to speak up about mm. it an awful lot now that men should be more open about how they're feeling. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent agree on that. And you're absolutely right there, Cameron. It is more socially acceptable um, uh, for women to show mm. emotion. You know, men, men do anger. That, that, that's that's, that, man, that's, that's the manly man. emotion. Yeah, that's the tough one. That's that's you know, yeah. I do anger. I can't do anxiety. I can't do depression. But I can do, and a lot of the men that I see with 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 anger issues are coming in with mm. anxiety or, or depression. You know, but it's masked. Anger by isn't anger. the the primary emotion um, there. No, that's mm. that's the secondary emotion. Absolutely right. Um, but you know, a girl will cry. You know, a good one is kind of uh, a breakup. You know, you see, you see women after a breakup, and to do it in all the romantic comedies, so to get the friends around and they're crying, the glass of wine in front of them, you know, <laughs> the glass of wine, absolutely, yeah, and say, oh, he's no, he's no good for you, you know, you're fucking better than him, and oh yeah, and they're comforting, and their friend, and the girl is talking about it, whereas the lads traditionally go and go, fuck this man, I'm gonna get fucking locked, I'm gonna get the ride, I'm gonna get fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck and something tonight, the and for weeks and, and weeks and weeks, absolutely. So you see, six months later, then. The woman's in a great place. You know, mm. she's moved on. And the man's going, oh, it's like, you know, she never even fucking cared. You know, she's got a new boyfriend mm. there and she's happy there. She never even cared about me. Whereas he's gone out and he's still trying to just ride around him. He's, re- he's repressing his emotions of the pain of it. Um, and six months later, mm. he's still in bits. Mm. Because she's spoken about it. She's cried. She's She's had the conversations. Whereas he's tried to bury it with drink or drugs mm. or sex or, or something else of just just get on with it and that's that's what happens you know it's when we allow these emotions to be expressed that's when and that's a lot of therapy of just giving someone that space to to vent or to admit their pain and to admit their hurt and to, and to witness that what's been your experience of that in therapy or have you had that uh, ther- lied of the, the non-judgment or you know yeah. having a say i think that's why i like it so much that's why I like going, like, yeah. I mean, I can talk to friends. I mean, and they, you know, like they say they don't judge. I mean, I believe them, but like, there's a, they, you know, it's always like a little mm. voice in my head saying, yeah, but they might, you know, they could. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, like, if we don't, if we know friends later on, then are they going to somehow 
in some way use this against me. Maybe later on. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, having a therapist, I do like it because it is just like, yeah, they don't know me. They know nothing about me. So it's just like a fresh thing going in. Like there's no judgment. And, and you know, you know, they can't use yeah. it against you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I think it's yeah. kind of the, one of the bullets you have thing. to bite though with making friends is can you trust them enough to tell them this stuff? That's kind of how you decide whether they're real friends or mm-hmm. maybe somebody will just have a laugh with every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say to my friends, you can always like, you know, come to me if you want to mm. talk about anything, you know, because I know what it's like to not talk about it. Of course. Things. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, that's probably intimacy that you're talking about, uh, Cameron. And that's, that's where, relationships friendships are built you know can i let mm. myself be known to this person and will they accept it and and can i trust them and you know do they do they mm. let themselves be known and you know when, when you open up to a friend and they open up to you that kind of strengthens the mm. strengthens the relationship or, or a romantic relationship whatever whatever it may be any sort of human connection built on that um allowing yourself to be open and allowing yourself to be known so we touched on we touched on the repression as as you know you've experienced so well we touched on denial we touched on uh, anger displacement projection is also another common one I actually had an example of this just in therapy yesterday um, so this is where you project something within ourselves onto other people so we can't own it in ourselves so we project it onto other people so very often the things we don't like about other people are the things we don't like about ourselves um so common one the one that i just heard yesterday was uh, a family member saying to uh, saying to my client oh you're you're angry she's like no i'm not oh yeah yeah i can see that you're angry uh, i'm not i'm not angry like but they were so they were projecting their mm-hmm. own anger onto mm-hmm. onto this individual because they couldn't own it in themselves and lo and behold what happens when someone keeps telling you you're angry yeah. you get angry, you're angry. You're not <laughs> you get fucking angry of course it's annoying as shit. Yeah. see i fucking knew you. yeah exactly oh absolutely uh, it's like yeah 100% so that projection of projecting something we don't like about ourselves onto onto other people we spoke about displacement we spoke about regression rationalization is also is also another one um so this is where we get caught up in our heads we we think our way through um and um you know we don't yeah. feel we think because to that to feel it would be painful so you know we can very often, you know, I'd see what people of, oh, well, I can understand why they did that to me. You know, I can understand, as I get, you're thinking, you're rationalizing it, but we're not, humans aren't thinking creatures that feel. We're feeling creatures that think. Before we think, we feel. So when we caught up in this rationalization and, you know, it makes sense or, you, you know, you can hear it in that language. Well, what I think is, rather some people be, well, I feel this is the right move or I think... You know, so that rationalization to has as protection. It's kind of a more a more mature kind of defense mechanism would be uh, what's called sublimation. So taking that perhaps that anger um, as we as we talk as three men as we talk about, and you know, channel it into taking up boxing or mm. kickboxing mm-hmm. or art. Obviously, all great art comes from that emotional expression, and those great songs are the ones that kind of resonate with your soul because it's coming from the soul of the of the artist there's pain in it that you know you can feel it that you that you can relate to so sublimation is the um, is a sort of healthier one or perhaps a more mature one so this is all out of the work of freud and his daughter anna um, she went on to be a psychoanalyst as well and she particularly worked with children reaction formation is another one 
So um, reaction formation would be, it's nearly kind of overcompensating for it. For example, what would be a common one? Perhaps we'll say the husband is thinking of having an affair. So he goes over the top in treating the wife well. You know, it's nearly doing the exact opposite to um, to to deal with it. You, yeah, it's kind of doing the opposite of, of, of your instincts. And then compartmentalization is another one. So, you know, for some people, they're like, work is work life. Personal life is personal life. This friend group mm. is this friend group. Everything is very much Separated. in its own block. And, and never the twain shall meet. They, you know, they don't, they don't cross over. And that can be, you know, you might be afraid of what your friends may say, or you might be afraid of what your, your family might say to your work colleagues or something like that. So they're, they're kind of the, the, the very the most very common ones of around defense mechanisms. It's a great subject to, mm-hmm. to touch upon, Lloyd. And, you know, compensation then is the other one I kind of spoke about, doing the opposite. Uh, but compensation, the, the kind of the, the, the stereotypical one of that is, you know, and we say it for people the whole time of, you know, the guy with a small dick has a big yeah. car. <laughs> you know, are we, are we, or, you know, we try and compensate or for someone that has, so a very common one actually would be, what you would generally see in perhaps a lot of disenfranchised areas, perhaps poor or poorer socioeconomic places, you know, obsessed with labels and uh, jewelry and and mm-hmm. displays of wealth, because they're compensating from perhaps you know. And I've seen with clients that well, I grew up poor, so and I never want anyone to know that. I never want anyone to know that. So I, mm-hmm. I show off my wealth. This this kind of thing. So that that can be that can be a common common example then of of. Uh, compensation. So, Lloyd, thank you very much for your email. Is there anything that that we've touched upon today that you know? Have you taken anything out of the live version of the podcast for yourself? Is there anything that stood out to you from um, from what we spoke about today? Well, it's all it's all just it's just a really good experience to do. Really, I don't, well, it's entirely different than me listening to it in my car, but it's also kind mm. of the same. I don't know. <laughs> it's also yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. When I'm not talking, it's just it's like I'm in my car, like just listening to it. It's yeah, you get yeah. the answer back now, though. <laughs> instead of just instead of just shouting at the instead of just shouting at the radio, shut up, you dickhead. <laughs> He'd only say that to you, though. Oh my not, god, not to me, not to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, there, there's humour as a defence mechanism. Actually, camera, that's statement really hurts. <laughs> Fuck you, like Yeah. Oh jeez, yes. Oh my god, there's there's some of that repressed anger coming out there now, Lloyd. <laughs> So that was straight talking defense mechanisms or emotional repression. A huge thanks to Lloyd for coming on and sharing his story. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating. You can subscribe, leave a comment wherever you can. You can get onto the website. You can you can leave comments on the website. You can leave five stars on iTunes. All of that's usually hugely appreciated. Give a like, give a share. Want to get us on the social media? You can check us out on Twitter at STRA Talking Pod. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. If you've got a story to tell, if you want to hit us up with some feedback, we'd love to hear us. You can do that checking out the website, stmhpodcast.com. And our email is hello at stmhpodcast.com. You can come on, as Lloyd did, reach out, as many of our guests do. They're, they're generally listeners to the show. They have a story to tell. And huge thanks to Lloyd for coming on. And that opened us up into defense mechanisms. And I'm sure some of us will relate in one way or another to to anything that was touched upon there. Big shout out to Fiona Bryan for the podcast music. Amazing producer and beat maker. He's doing this shit full time now. That's how good he is. And a huge thanks to Aideen at Digital Design Lab. She gave us a hand with the with the graphics in the past. Right now, folks, we're going to leave Lloyd with the with the final word. But in the meantime, look after yourselves and look after each other. 
Like, you know how the podcast goes? Every week we ask we ask our guests to perhaps give us some life advice or some things they've learned along the way, some thoughts or mottos or inspirations mm-hmm. that they've taken from life. You know, is there anything you could you could you get to express now to the listeners instead mm-hmm. of? So I've been to trying to think about this since I saw the email. Um, <laughs> trying to think about the most, mm. you know, the most. Uh, mm, I don't know the best thing I can say is just if you have a problem, just talk about it. Really, just be open to talk. You know, that's the best advice I can give. Really. Yeah. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health.